Creating a business from the ground up is quite a ride. Don't get me wrong, I'm still in building mode big time just one year into this journey. Yes, and I've learned a ton. So reflecting on the last year, I've realized I've learned a handful of things that might provide a spark of inspiration. Even more important, might provide a helping hand to those who are in the position of beginning something new. If that sounds like you, stay tuned. There might be a spark of inspiration here for you. Welcome to Let the Sparks Fly. I'm Candace Herndon, Principal Facilitator at Cinnamon Sparks. Cinnamon Sparks is a facilitation services company. A facilitator is that person who brings the creative or structural process, tools, techniques, experience, knowledge, humor, art, music, you get it, whatever it takes, to create an environment that sets the stage to let the sparks fly. Shaking it up just enough for people to see opportunities or obstacles in a new way. I'm forever on the hunt for inspiration in whatever form that takes. To create that kind of a spark for my clients, the Let the Sparks Fly podcast is a place for me to share the connections I make when I'm on the hunt for that kind of inspiration and hopefully present it in a way that might create a spark for you. What's the evidence of what a difference this first year in business has made for me? In January of 2019, I signed up for a UT Law Workshop for nonprofits in Austin, Texas. I know I want to do work that benefits my community. I've done a ton of facilitation work for nonprofits, and I know firsthand how much it can help. So I registered. I drove to Austin in my husband's big diesel truck because I was sharing a vehicle with my son at the time, pulled up to the Four Seasons in Austin. It was terrible weather. I was late. I was driving something that frankly could have pulled a house around the block and it sounded like a Sherman tank, driving up to the Four Seasons in Austin, no less. The truck didn't even fit into their parking lot. So I drove in circles and for the life of me, I could not muster the courage to go into that workshop. What was I doing? Who did I think I was hobnobbing with the who's who of nonprofits in Texas? What would I say? Did I really have anything to offer? I had a freshly printed and barely finished brochure, no website, no other collateral materials. So paralyzed with fear, I just couldn't do it. I didn't go in. I drove over to the IHOP on I-35, had breakfast, and sat there for a couple of hours, honestly in shock. Having breakfast with a wide variety of characters, clearly not in Austin for a business meeting. I really felt like I was in an alternate reality. Then I drove home to Houston. That was one year ago. Just one year later, I've written a website, had it designed and produced, collaborated with my creative partner to develop materials for a Cinnamon Sparks branded meeting experience, done work for a wider variety of clients, including nonprofits, in a broader range of projects than ever before, posted a show and tell video of my approach to projects on my website, and have launched the Let the Sparks Fly podcast. And I attended the Control the Room Facilitator Conference in Austin, hosted by Voltage Control, 
with a room full of master facilitators of several different processes and disciplines. This time, I actually went in to the conference, and guess what? I had a blast. I found more members of my tribe. I learned a ton about new ways to approach projects. And I was confident that I belonged. What a difference a year makes in the building of a business, especially when it's yours. I'm a solopreneur. And according to entrepreneur.com, four things distinguish an entrepreneur from a solopreneur. Here they are. First, solopreneurs don't wait for a buyout. An entrepreneur works hard to build his business, but he's not quite as attached to the concept as a solopreneur. Many, but not all, entrepreneurs develop their businesses with at least a small hope that a larger company are going to come along and buy it. And if that happens, that entrepreneur could easily move on to the next great venture. Not so much for me, Cinnamon Sparks is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Number two, entrepreneurs put a face to a company. While a solopreneur tends to spend hours working hard to build the business, an entrepreneur frequently prefers to be out making connections and getting the word out about their business. And an entrepreneur can be perfectly happy doing that and that alone, leaving a team behind to do the work. Number three, entrepreneurs are managers. When someone's an entrepreneur at heart, even as a solopreneur, they're waiting for the day when the business can be built into a team. He may even begin working with freelance workers and virtual assistants to delegate his work. Number four, solopreneurs are workers. Oh boy, did that come home to rest with me. While entrepreneurs can work harder than anyone they know, a solopreneur is a worker by his very nature. If a task needs to be done, the first thought is to roll up their sleeves and start working. And that describes me to a T. My friends have teased me for years about my philosophical approach to everything from signing their high school yearbook to facing east and lighting candles each morning and journaling during my quiet time. Not surprising, really, that I would reflect on the last year in the context of being a solopreneur. And I've learned five things. One, find the right creative partner. Two, get a coach. Three, just keep showing up. Four, have faith. Five, err on the side of collaboration. Let's take these one at a time. Number one, find the right creative partner. If there's one thing I've learned after years of studying and managing people and their natural talents, it's that nobody's good at everything. The old saying, it takes a village, well, that doesn't just apply to raising kids, it applies to building a business too. And creative, that word is loaded with judgment. I know lots of people who don't consider themselves to be creative. And in people, creativity is defined as someone who has a good imagination or original ideas. Well, what I know about talent is that depending on a person's other strengths, creativity will manifest itself in different ways in different people. Some people are creative when it comes to problem solving. Other people are creative when it comes to managing tasks and getting lots of work done. 
Others are creative when it comes to telling a story or writing. There are others who manifest creativity by making use of technology or taking an original idea and transforming it into an image like a graphic artist, using the right colors to communicate the essence or the feeling of that concept. I'm good at the former. We're talking about tasks and writing and getting work done. So for me as a solopreneur, I had to find a person who had a talent for the latter, translating my vision for Cinnamon Sparks into a website, a brand experience, and then using media like video and audio to produce it for consumption in the real world, just like this podcast. I found that person and our partnership has been priceless. Number two, get a coach. As a solopreneur, Cinnamon Sparks is my dream and facilitation work for my clients is my passion. It's been rolling around in my head for longer than I care to admit. I am a card-carrying worker bee and providing facilitation services and helping people collaborate more effectively is what I wanna do for the rest of my life. Now, all of that is about helping other people. And I've always been in the market to help other people, often putting other people's needs before my own in a not so healthy way. So deciding to do something on my own that was high risk and may not be comfortable or pleasing to my family or my colleagues was a very scary thing for somebody like me. Building a business required me to face that fear with that big, bad, nasty voice living in my head, screaming, who do you think you are? At the top of her lungs all the way. I was lucky enough to know a lifelong friend who's a coach by trade. She helped me learn to notice when I was projecting all of the horrible things that would happen if I tried to live my dream, as she calls it, having a conversation with someone who isn't in the room. She taught me how to work that conversation in my own head in a way that facilitated me having the courage to step into my own big shoes and continue to find ways to fill them. When we would talk about action steps I wasn't ready to take, she promised to hold on to them for me until I was ready. Now and again, things I said early on were brought up by her again, and I was able to do them because I was ready. Number three, just keep showing up. When my first marriage didn't work out, I was blessed with a family law attorney who gave me incredibly strong advice, level-headed, always in my best interest, with a degree of fairness and a moral compass I've always admired. Needless to say, he's been my attorney ever since, and over the last 20 plus years, I've watched his practice evolve from a modest office suite operation to a thriving and varied practice serving a wide range of clients from this absolutely gorgeous office downtown. When I launched Cinnamon Sparks, I engaged with him to help me with the business end of things. In addition to all he did to help me set the business up right legally, his advice was even more critical. Just keep showing up, he said, and do something every day to build your business. After all, you're doing this to bring value to your clients and that is going to shine through. Just keep at it one day and one task at a time. 
And you know, as I meet more builders of successful service businesses, I have learned they have a common characteristic. They all started with one or a handful of clients. They all were dedicated to providing value. They contributed back to their communities and just kept showing up, building their business through the quality of work supplied and by demonstrating value at every turn. Number four, have faith. I remember a particularly difficult conversation with my coach where business conditions required me to stand up and do the right thing for my business. This moment was the transition to thinking of Cinnamon Sparks as a business rather than as me personally. That was a hard shift because I love the work so much and the brand has a deep connection to my personal history. Cinnamon was my maiden name and my dad's business and work ethic in the community is my inspiration. That moment helped me see that whatever would come next should not be taken personally. It's business. Well, none of that logic really quieted that big nasty voice that was raging at a fever pitch in my brain. And in that moment, my coach asked me, do you pray? I said, well, yeah, but not necessarily for things like this. It really got me thinking. Prayer implies a faith in something more significant than I am. Through lots of experiences in my life, at the moment, I haven't understood why things were difficult or why certain things happened. Each time I got a little further down the road though and looked back, those challenges always presented me with opportunities. And to me, that's God's hand on my shoulder, most notably (laughs) when I'm required to muster up the courage to keep showing up and do what it takes to do the work that's on my heart. So I'm inspired to give you guys a couple of examples uh, that relate to what I've talked about so far in this podcast. Our house flooded for a second time in 2016. And let me tell you something, that is a rodeo nobody should have to go to the first time, let alone twice. And when that happened, I knew I couldn't get through it by myself. So I reached out to my lifelong friend, the coach. And because I felt like my life was completely out of control, I had the need to do something. So I joined a neighborhood advocacy group that was helping to get our drainage issues fixed. The conversations in those meetings were circular and emotional. It was a tough time for all of us. And as a facilitator, I knew what to do. I facilitated a strategic planning session for the group. And in that group, I met the person who is now my creative partner. His house had flooded too, and he had the talent to design the tech and marketing materials for the group. So amid disaster, I connected with two people who would ultimately help me launch my business. And then a couple of years later, the facilitation work I did for my church and the school associated with it gave me clarity on what services I wanted to offer and a ton of confidence and real world examples that illustrate that what I do works. Number five, 
err on the side of collaboration. Solopreneurship and entrepreneurship are a lonely road. It has put me in the position of living inside my head too often or getting lost and distracted with everyday tasky type work, especially because I office out of my house. That can be isolating and create a drag on progress. Find a tribe. Two or three or five heads are better than one. Once you find that creative partner, expand it into a community of advisors or service providers who are complementary to what you do and who have your best interest at heart. They're out there. And from what I've learned, they need to collaborate or have an accountability partner or they need outside input as much as I do. So what's the spark here? I know in my heart that the story I told about the distance I've traveled in this last year would have had a very different ending had I not found the right creative partner, gotten a coach, just kept showing up, had faith, and erred on the side of collaboration. It strikes me that these five things don't just apply to solopreneurs, business owners, managers, leaders, and employees, humans who are embarking on a project, all trying to make their way in their professional or personal life might benefit from exploring any one or all of these five things. With their permission, I want to offer a big shout out of thanks to the people that I mentioned in this podcast. A big thank you to my creative partner, Christian Rumscheidt at Rumscheidt & Company, to my coach and friend, Molly McCormick at Work That Conversation, to my attorney, Gordon Hall at Hall & Stephen PC, my forever sister friend and rock, Judy Rodrigues at Hogan Taylor LLP, my community of faith at Epiphany Lutheran Church and School, Jerry Tabio and Sally Beamer at Creative Resources Group, where I learned how to facilitate and developed my skills in the first place, and to the family, co-workers, clients, and students who have taught me so much along the way. Thank you. Thank you.